0: talking with words
1: welcome back to talking with words you're here with rob james shay and adam and it's three newbies and we might have uh, mr david call in later we'll see if he's awake chris will be here anytime Uh, Tonight we're going to watch James Gunn's version of the Suicide Squad, which is summarized as Supervillains, Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at Belle Reve Prison join the super-secret, super-shady Task Force X as they are dropped off at the remote, enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. We all know pretty much what we're getting at here. Big names, uh, Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Joel Kinnaman, Michael Rooker, Viola Davis, Nathan Fillion, Jai Courtney... Uh, Pete Davidson, Sean Gunn, tons of people in this film. Uh, hopefully it's bloody as hell. And James, you want to read the parent's guide
2: for us? Sure. Uh, content rating, rated R for strong violence and gore, yes. language throughout, yes. some sexual references, drug use, and brief graphic nudity. Awesome.
1: Fantastic.
2: All right, well, we're going to watch this
1: thing. We'll be back in the average ten seconds or whatever. All right, we just watched James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Um, first reactions. What do you guys think?
3: Fan, damn, it was fantastic.
4: Great movie. It. Loved it. It was like a dark
1: Marvel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we also are bringing uh, David in from the dark beyond. David, what'd you think? I really enjoyed it. It was everything that I would have wanted that type of movie to be. Indeed. What are the first things you guys that like stood out that? made an impression on you from the from the big get
2: go. I mean there's a there's a lot of this movie to discuss, so Oh, uh, the blood and gore was the first thing that stood out. First thing. Finally rated R Suicide Squad. Yes.
3: Yeah, I like the fact they just they get right to it and they don't go through all of the explanation that D C films typically go through right. and try and try and try. They just went And develop the story along the way. And I think that was great.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things... I agree with that 100%. Absolutely. I think one of the things they really corrected on this one was... And we were talking and drinking the entire time. But um, one thing they did way better in this version was showing the backstories. You weren't cutting back to Bell Reeve. You weren't cutting back to before they were arrested. It was little snippets... About you know, my mom wanted me to be superhero, or my dad was the rat catcher, or you know these little things that were just kind of blended in, and it wasn't a cutaway from what we were actually watching. It didn't take you out of the moment, which I liked the way they did that a lot more.
4: Plus, what I loved about it is the way they did the transitions and times within the movie is very clever. Yes, and also like visual at the same time, which yeah. added a new element that we probably haven't seen in many films.
3: Well,
4: it was fun. It was
1: fun. Well, the first one of those was literally Savant's head blows up, and they use the blood to say, Warner Brothers Presents. <laughs> I mean, it was... You already know what you get into. And, like, I loved that all these, uh, these different, let's just say smaller actors, were dead with... Spoilers. Were dead <laughs> within, like, the first 15 minutes of the movie. Like... Michael Rooker was set up to be the leader of this team and within fifteen minutes his head explodes. Yeah, he put it out, man. Yeah, it was phenomenal. The the weasel supposedly drowns as he jumps out of the fucking helicopter.
3: <laughs> no one Actually, checked if he could swim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so can weasels even swim? I don't even know for a fact. And it makes you think like shit, none of us know anything about weasels, and I think that's a fun fact. Well,
2: especially half half human, half weasel. Right. Which I guess he's half human. Well, he walks upright. He's definitely big.
3: Who's killed 27 kids? Let's not forget. Nom nom. Yeah, hey, why not, right? If you're going to have a character drowned, at least that's you know maybe the well, right
2: one. I, I kind of wanted him to turn into the I Say Squirrel at, with <laughs> his, oh, his own cameo's at some point. Right? <laughs> they really missed their opportunity with that character. He,
1: he just runs off and chases a coconut for 25 minutes. <laughs>
3: Suicide Squad, Ice Age tie-in number one. Let's see how many we can get. There's
1: at least six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so since this is a James Gunn film, there were a couple things that you kind of could anticipate getting. Um, one of them was the musics, the music cues, and the different. Like you start off with with Cash, uh, "Folsom Prison Blues." Um, you also have the his actors. He uses
3: character actors from hell i mean every one of them are so spot on
1: yeah and i mean nathan fillion's in it for six minutes michael rooker's in it for 15 minutes i mean his the people that he always uses every movie still sean gunn is the weasel and then you have a sean gunn as a human in the prison later on just to have him a credit for being in the film um that was exactly what you'd expect And they did it really well.
3: Yeah, and and credit for credit's sake. I mean, Nathan Fillion is a, you know, a beloved actor. He's a gem. Yeah, he's a gem. So it's like, okay, no matter what role, whether it's TDK, you know, WTF, Izzy, like, who knows? But, like, just throw him in there because that is, everyone wants more Nathan Fillion. Well,
2: the first time I saw TDK, I didn't realize it was Nathan Fillion. I expected him to have a bigger role than that. Oh, yeah it just disappeared almost instantly but it was a memorable scene when he finally went into action <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> to,
1: to that point let's let's go over the first um, the first wave that goes to uh, Corto Maltese you've got Michael Rooker as a savant you've got Nathan Villian as TDK which is the detachable kid uh, <laughs> Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang which I was really surprised they got rid of Captain Boomerang because he's really big in the comics as Captain Boomerang doing his dumb shit. And he
4: was great in the little bit we had him.
1: In the yeah yeah, uh, Flula Borg was Javelin. Uh, Miley Ying was Mongol, which was the chick that just jumped and attacked the helicopter out of nowhere. <laughs> well,
3: and she's the reason why Captain Boomerang did not. Yeah wait. yeah.
1: R.I.P. <laughs> uh, Pete Davidson was Blackguard, which I'm not a huge fan, so I was totally fine with him being dead immediately. Dude, his face got destroyed. He was he was wrecked. Um, but, I mean, those are big names just to wipe off the map in the first sequence.
3: Again, it's fun. That's it was. Why we're it here. was. It was fantastic. Everyone that paid money in a theater or is paying a subscription to HBO Max to watch this movie is the reason you clicked on it is because you wanted fun. And that's exactly what you got. Yes. I just want to throw out that the best part about that whole sequence was
0: seeing Michael Rooker's reaction to everything that was happening. <laughs> because as it went on, he looked more and more horrified,
1: and he was the perfect person to cast for that. And he realized, no matter what, I'm a dead man. Yeah, there was no
3: saving <laughs> exactly. that. And then, and then the you know the the music cues, like Rob mentioned earlier, is they had that the, the people who died like montage, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. afterwards, like die, die, you know, die. Yeah, yeah. It's a perfect you know showing so all die. the actors in their uh, dead states. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great call. The
2: Office jockeys trading money off the bets or who's gonna yeah who's it, gonna who's gonna live who's or gonna who die died yet. first yeah
1: one one last thing on the, the gun thing that I really really liked uh, as a fan of his films there's a huge joke about Mr. Pibb and Slither and Nathan Fillion when he's walking to the ship to load up he's chugging a Mr. Pibb mm-hmm. and just uh, mwah, de- delightful <laughs> thank you so much James that's <laughs> Phenomenal. That's my favorite line in Slither Is the mayor Sidestep The mayor gets into the car He's just been attacked by all these creatures And he looks in the cooler and he's like Where's my fucking Mr. Pip?" And he just <laughs> freaks out <laughs> But it's like an ongoing joke in the gun films about Mr. Pip. So I'm, I'm glad they were able to Tip their cap to it So let's go from that to the actual Suicide squad that mostly lives
3: More or less Team 2? Yeah. Yeah The real team Yeah well, before before we venture on to Team Two, the a shining star on Team One for sure is Harley. Right? Yes. Like we, we talked about it while we were watching it, but like you, you think about in history who who you would cast in other roles for for films, you know when you're thinking about films from the past. But Margot Robbie just nails it in this film. Yeah, it's I can't I can't perfect.
1: imagine another person being Harley Quinn mm-hmm. at this point. She just crushes it every time.
3: And that's scene-to-scene-to-scene, act-to-act. You know? Yeah. Like, that's that's throughout the whole flick, so. It's and I think,
1: and I'm going to get into this later, this kind of redeemed her other two movies. This was more, this felt to me as more of a um, Harley Quinn dealing with her shit than the other two movies combined. Um, she, she had the moments where she was showing that she was capable, she was showing, you know, she was still dealing with, with shit and freaking out, but she was still totally nuts. And she was becoming her own person, which I liked more than the original Suicide Squad and the um, Harley Quinn movie, where they kind of just tacked together her and the Joker breaking up and all that. And we talked about her back tattoo, instead of saying property of Joker is property of no one, that kind of stuff. But also, she she didn't need anybody. She was completely capable on her own in this one, where in the first one, the Joker came out and saved her twice, or three times even.
3: Well, to be honest, too, in the last two films that you just mentioned, she is far from the worst part of those films. She is... Correct. In in bad movies, she's still a shining star. In both of those flicks, and now she finally got a, a role that I think was written correctly.
1: I'm pretty sure you could dump Margot Robbie in a pile of shit, and everyone would
2: still want to lick her clean. <laughs> like she, <laughs> she is just a delight. I do want to point out, though, since you mentioned all the saving from the previous movies, that there is... A rescue attempt made for her coming up but she does it on her own <laughs>
4: spoilers <laughs> spoilers. yeah
2: so so let's get into the actual the story
1: um and i'm gonna go with there's so many fucking good things in this movie but i love that they reversed the saving joel kinnaman's character <laughs> flag from the rebels and they go through and Peacemaker and Bloodsport are like making a game out of killing people and they're like kind of doing the Lord of the Rings thing you know and you get to the end and they're like oh yeah these are our people these are going to help us break in and they've just fucking murdered everyone and they kind of turn it on its head glorious loved it
3: yeah it reminded me of of the the scene in Predator when they're uh, infiltrating the base to to find the, the refugees but in that film, everybody was armed and everyone was shooting. In this, they were all terrorists. <laughs> nobody was a terrorist. Nobody was armed. There's literally two guys trying to be nice to each other, drinking coffee. <laughs> and the guy goes to get more coffee beans, and the rats jump on him.
1: And then the other guy's eaten by a shark.
3: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, can we just talk about
4: uh,
3: uh, Peacemaker just walking through the guy
2: sleeping and go? That was my favorite. The hatchet stabs. Just three stabs, and the guy that never even woke got out of his bed. Well, and the fact that he didn't use his gun for the most
1: part, he was very hands-on. Like, the whole movie. The beginning, the guy's running, and you think he's going to raise his gun. He throws the hatchet in the guy's head. And then later on, when they're doing the big water sequences going up to uh, the tower, he's just got a huge machete just slicing people in half. Like, Mm -hmm. it was just pure brutality from him, which, yes.
3: Well, a fun fun juxtaposition, too, is just the moment in the film when he breaks out the silencer on that big gun <laughs> is the exact moment when Dead was his Bloodsport Bloodsport starts roasting a dude with a flamethrower <laughs> yeah. so the guy's and screaming scream. so there's no reason to use the silencer <laughs> whatsoever but yet he's over there screwing that thing on and there's also
1: well, right next to that a guy with his dick out in the tent
2: <laughs> and I did not see that till tonight that was the <laughs> first time I'd caught that I was like wait
3: what
1: he's just over there with his dick out drinking coffee and gets a bullet in the chest cause that's what people do in the jungle
3: <laughs> peaceful people or
1: in well, Springdale
2: but they, they really stuck hey, to hey, the hey, whole hey, idea hey. that it was quiet <laughs> It was not quiet. There's no way any of that was quiet.
3: Mm -mm.
2: And somehow they make it to the tent. It's like, how do we not hear you coming? Exactly. Why did my people not warn you?
1: Uh, We didn't see anybody. Yeah, we totally fried them all. Uh,
2: When King Shark came into the tent at that scene, I was never more reminded of Land Shark than right there. (laughs) Pokes his head in. All you see is the shark face. Land Shark. Yeah. Land Shark.
3: (laughs) Even Chris loved that scene.
1: Chris, do you have anything to add to this sequence here? What's that? All right, we'll just save that for the bonus reel. Um, David, what do you got? So, (laughs) first off, I want to touch on how great, I guess the the chemistry between Idris Elba and John Cena was, you know, as their characters
0: being uh, kind of antagonists, forced to be on the same team, but they really played off each other Extremely well And I was cracking up Every time They'd kind of give each other Those looks like Oh yeah You think that's cool Look at what I can do Yeah um, Nobody
2: likes to show off And
0: like you know Just trying, trying so hard to be And uh, act like They weren't impressed um, <laughs> So yeah that, that, that whole scene was fantastic
1: I was thinking of Gimli And Legolas the whole time
0: <laughs> It's pretty much like that I also loved how A lot of the scenes some of the comedy that was put in there was just purely whimsical. You know, it's when you watch a Marvel movie, they've got a lot of a lot of comedy, but a lot of it's just straight up gags or sarcasm. Whereas in this movie, you've got you know the scene, which I'm sure there's there's a lot more to talk about, but the scene where Harley Quinn is fighting through uh, that whole building, and you know it's all there's there's blood, but then there are flowers just flying around everywhere, or whatever those were. Yeah, and it's it's clearly what she's seeing in her mind
3: and then of course she gets into that car outside and in the background you can still see all that stuff drifting to the floor Um, but also there's the scene where the the shark is in that room with the uh, the, with the
0: aquarium (laughs) (laughs) and he's having such a great time playing with those weird fish things
1: with his new dumb friends
0: yeah yeah but it's I don't know the only word I can think of to describe those moments is purely whimsical (laughs)
3: should clash with the tone of the rest of the film but it fits so well and I absolutely love it yeah and even even those are like engineered visual <clears throat> special effects gags and then you mix in a scene where John Cena just shows up in his whitey tatty underoos and some of the angles they shoot it from it's a it's like a static gag but it's just freaking hilarious just hey, because it's hey, so out of place yes. that's racist Apparently
2: apparently. <laughs> well it was that scene that I first When I you know, first started watching the movie When we got to that scene it's like Okay this is not your normal movie That was the first time I <laughs> had an inkling This was going to be way off You way were different. like Wait, that's, I'm that's, in that's, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, That was the first one? That was the first time?
3: Not when the it, dude's it, it, puking It wasn't the weasel? <laughs> yeah the weasel or when the dude's puking polka dots in the bush. The
2: weasel was a good cue but at that point It was sealed <laughs> There's no coming back from John Cena and Tidy Whitey's.
1: So, so many people have said that before.
2: Um, <laughs> but you, that's an interesting point about Marvel's comedy versus this version of comedy. The only thing Marvel had on par with this, which is arguably even further down the road, was Deadpool, their type of comedy, which was pretty nonstop. Right. But this this was more, like you said, whimsical than than probably what Deadpool is just kind of gets annoying humor
1: yeah to the to the Deadpool comment they did a lot of good that dialogue out of the moment like the whole Milton conversation was a very Deadpool thing to do it was it was totally out of the moment and you took a full two minutes to talk about well who the hell is that guy I thought he was with the bus and then later they bring it back that Harley Quinn thought that Bloodsport's name was Milton (laughs) and she's chasing down the street yelling Milton at him um those, those kind of gags, they still deliver, but yeah, they're not that surreal. Harley's,
2: we're, we're seeing through Harley's eyes. King Shark's costume. I definitely want to address the, that. The mustache? Fake mustache. The finger mustache. <laughs> That's going to be my costume for Halloween. You can't see it's this, but Shay finger, is running around with a mustache. Just a finger in, under my nose. <laughs> fake mustache. <laughs>
0: Uh, can, I, can I real quick, just since you, you mentioned Milton, uh, was anyone else more saddened by the sudden death of Milton than by the death of half the other named characters in the movie?
1: I, I didn't like... Yeah, I was more depressed Milton died than anyone in the first round. Other yeah. than maybe TDK. Because he was getting shot in the arms and just happened
2: to suffer. <laughs> That's very damn funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know when the, when his arms detach and he's, they start those... Detached arms are just slapping, slapping people. people. It reminded me of the uh, marionette fights in Team America. <laughs> it's almost the same dynamic. <laughs> just, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> no damage
1: is being done here. No, no damage. And you, at like, all. you, I expected them to, like, shoot across the beach and grab people, and they're just
2: slapping
1: at each other. They, they didn't even coordinate their attack. Like, no.
2: you could have strangled at least one person,
1: right? And when you get, when you cut back to Billion, he's just, like, teeth gritted, he's like, ah, I fucking gotcha.
3: Yeah, you're expecting, you know, a visual of, like, a batarang coming off at a high speed, like, you know, Thor's hammer, like, slamming into somebody. Nope. It's just a little low speed, like...
2: Well, they made that big deal about him on the flight to the mission. It's like, your name is TDK. That is a flueless character, javelin. Uh, what does that stand for?
0: Yeah.
2: My name. Your name's just Letters. All nature letters. letters. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, after after they finally deploy him and it's known as the detachable kid, they, they, they clip over to Harley Quinn she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what everyone said at the same time. <laughs>
1: let's, let's jump over to, you have the strip club scene where they're looking for the thinker and everyone, pretty much everyone gets captured. In that moment, you have Flag and Bloodsport, which I've already said that they were deployed together, have kind of a moment where they do the uh, one hit kill rule, or whatever you want to call it. Well, and Peacemaker was in yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, and all three of them killed people at the exact same time. And right after that, one of my favorite shots in the whole movie is when John Cena is holding a shotgun, and the guy in the cab is looking at the camera, and it looks like it's right at him, and then it blows half of his body away from the back that was a phenomenal shot I love that so much and then the whole thing flips 16 times oh, I'll after
4: that was when he just puts his hand through the, like, the wall and starts slamming this guy <laughs> yeah, just, bashed him. just yeah. over and over and over I mean it probably took two but you know we had he's 20 so, he's so damn big
1: <laughs> yeah so from there we get to the Harley breakout which we've kind of discussed anybody want to add anything to that other than the fact that she grabbed the
4: magic javelin um well, I think I think one thing I noticed is like when she put on that dress early on, she's like, "Oh, I'm a princess." And basically, we had Disney princess flowers yes. and birds mm-hmm. yeah. following her since then. True. So I, I mean, it was well. a clever, like, falling of that, like, just
3: that how she sees a, her how, her life, like herself, her yeah. her
2: reality. I did love the moment when she fakes being unconscious. The general leaves the room, and then she her eyes open back up and it's like a dead forward stare, and then she uh, locks eyes on the general when she's ready to kill him, or the, yeah. the torture. Yeah. Um,
1: her, her her flips from insane bubbly yeah, to I'm a killer are just amazing.
2: That yeah. was the only cold killing moment I saw out of her the whole movie. Yeah, she
1: she has some good flips, because she does it at the end, and she does it she does it like two or three times. Um, but that's the most... It's all her. Like the other other ones, have other
2: characters in the scene that are supporting. But, but that was great. I mean, that was there was an attempt to save her, and she didn't save it at all. They rewrote the.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which and I know we talked about this a little bit while we were watching this, but uh, I always hear people talk about, oh, it's just a chick with a baseball bat, and you know she doesn't have any superpowers or whatever. But so's the Joker and no one has any problems with him being just some guy that is insane and has all this training essentially so I like that they gave her I personally liked that they let her loose and killing everyone and beating the shit out of everybody because that kind of attests to how much the Joker trained her and put in put the time into her um, because they, they do a lot of that in the comics of like showing how much he devoted time into her and it, like here, you kind of see a payoff.
3: So, so I disagree on that for just a little bit. Like I, I'm a huge fan of her being, like hand to hand psychotic combat. I think is one thing. Like uh, they did a good job of whenever she's you know like ramming a gate into a guy's face over yeah. and over and over and over and over, like a psycho would. And and I like that approach where she's just like freaking nuts. But I don't really care for the you know, she's not a ninja. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. don't I don't really care for having all of these like ninjutsu abilities and stuff. Like to me it's just like her just insanity fuels this just psychotic rage and she just doesn't stop. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm describing that the right way, but I just see it less of technique and more of just psycho go bananas, kill kill kill. So I don't really care for, like, when they show Margot Robbie as, like, a ninja, you know. But that's why what James said earlier and Shay said about when she gets the javelin, starts flipping over stuff, and then they start showing the Disney crazy flowers and balloons. Like, to me, like, that offsets it. So it's a little more believable. But her, you know, ripping a dress in twine and, and making a rope out of it and, you know, slitting throats like a fucking ninja... Less believable, but give me the crazy graphics and I'm in.
2: I did notice in one thing, she drops the machine gun to pick up the javelin. Not your best weapon trade.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Seemed to work out for her, though. <laughs> yeah.
4: She's still waiting well, to see.
0: She had to hold it. Yeah. My father's college javelin. holy mission.
1: Yes, she yeah. was on a holy mission. True. Sure. Sure. Uh, can, we, can we back
0: up really quick just to the, uh, the scene before she kills the guy when, when she and the president are just start hooking up and are just destroying all of these priceless yeah, yeah. artifacts. President Luna? Because yeah. immediately he's, he's, he's grabbing some portrait and just ripping it <laughs> well, <laughs> and then knocking a, a statue down to shatter on the floor starting a fire. I, mean, I, I, was, I don't know about you guys, I was dying laughing watching that whole scene.
2: I was too. And I caught something. The first thing that she... The first thing they shattered was the case that was holding the guns. Yeah. That was the first thing. And then everything else, I think, was incidental. So she had to have that, that yep. gun it's a good catch. following that.
3: Well, they technically show the same face like, breaking twice, which I think is like I don't think it's continuity error. I think it's just the editors having fun. Like, ah, we'll just do yeah, two of these. Let's
1: keep it going. Yeah.
3: Uh, I do think there is a moment in there whenever he starts talking about the American ideology and like He needs to get hitched to that. Yeah. And it's like, if you look at the the look on her face, when he says that, you see the turn. It's a very poignant turn of events. Yeah. And she goes from, oh, this guy might like me, to like, oh, this is a power tripping asshole, just like the last power tripping asshole. And you can see a physical and emotional shift. Yeah. And that's after they've already broken down the guns. In the club, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it's a very, very, very resonant piece, and that's why when she does kill him, it's like, aha, you know, it's not and a surprise. It,
1: and, it, and it meant something more, um, not just uh, <laughs> Shay's thirsty, um, not just the Aren't we all? the the killing him because he's killing kids and all this stuff. But you have that she doesn't say clown or she doesn't say anything else, but she talks about her taste in men, how uh, she's learned like her lesson essentially. Um, as a nod to the Joker being an insane motherfucker and she's not going to do that again. Yeah. Um, And it it kind of gives more credence, in my mind, to her being the quote-unquote hero that she kind of is toward the end of the film as opposed to just an insane person that does whatever the Joker wants her to do, which is what she was previously.
3: Well, and it's also a not-so-subtle nod to the other films. Yes. You know?
1: Yeah and they did, they pulled her back to her classic black and red costume in this even with the dress mm-hmm. um, which i liked a lot they they got her back into her
4: original stuff that she was as a family comics that I, I enjoyed that so much better than the first suicide squad like whatever they had her in then i mean just i don't know. i agree with you i mean i'm cool with her being in less clothes
1: but what I blacked out for a second. What I say? Um, okay, skip skip ahead. Um, so <laughs> back on track. What was it? So we're past we're past everything where they're going to Jotunheim. Suck it, Thor. And the intro to Jotunheim might be my favorite part of the whole movie. Where it starts raining and all the lights are shining down, so it's like white blindness. They all get out of the bus and they're killing everyone, and it. Kind of turns slowly and you see King Shark come out of nowhere and he rips the guy in half. Yeah,
3: that's
2: awesome. Uh, and, and you know, the, the, all the noise from the other fighting has disappeared. There's a moment of dead, it's just jaws him. approaching <laughs> silence when this guy realizes he's face to face with a shark.
1: Yeah. Which I still am a little bit depressed that they didn't do just a Finn moment, even if it was like him behind like a desk. Like trying to hunker down low And you just have up. the fin going Yeah, just yeah. the dorsal fin up And then he just jumps up and grabs somebody um, I was yeah. really hoping they were going to do that
3: Or even a donut, donut Joke from one of the other cast members yeah, Or something, sure. yeah. you know Just something funsies.
1: <laughs> Would be easy to do
3: I'm, I'm guessing that's in a deleted scene somewhere That's,
1: that's, <laughs> that's Spielberg owns that shit Probably <laughs> So the last The the finale Let's let's call it the finale When they get to Jonheim, Shark has the the Peacemaker explosive. Um, as well as... It's a little C4. Uh, Polka Dot Man is carrying the bombs around in like a plastic like Walmart-looking bag. It did say Gracias um, on it. Yeah, so, it's a little grocery store. Yeah, so Amigo, the, yeah. the, the, the right. Mexico Walmart. Um, <laughs> I love that. Like, the little things they do in this movie are, are all so great. <laughs>
2: um, I love that. And completely believable when it rips... Spilling explosives everywhere. Yeah, exactly.
1: It totally makes sense. Um, And then you have the release. Well, you have the, the, the classic Suicide Squad thing where you find out that Peacemaker was actually, had another deal with, what's her name? Waller. Waller. To make sure that none of this got out. Whereas everyone else was just supposed to stop Starro, the Destroyer. So I did like that and I did like the, the huge fight Between Peacemaker and It's Flag flag. Flag. Oh. Oh, flag Come on man I've been drinking <laughs> I wasn't wrong <laughs> <laughs> Well I mean yeah There is that And They let him live At the end yeah. Post credit spoilers Smaller bullet So yeah I liked all that And then well, Let's discuss the, the finale Where <laughs> Patrick from Spongebob Gets out and makes (laughs) Patrick Zombies (laughs) fucking loved it so much
0: you know what makes it so great is the fact that it's not just that it's a starfish which is funny in and of itself but it's a starfish from space so it's I mean it's starfish
2: but there's that's the classic villain from DC Comics The, the the Justice League originally formed around fighting Starro In in the older comic books,
3: yeah, that's awesome.
1: Which I love that they couldn't make him walk without making him look stupid as shit. Yeah, so they just leaned into it.
3: Yeah, they leaned hard into it.
1: (laughs) Every step he takes looks like he's having a fucking conniption fit, (laughs) and it
3: also
4: drags like buildings down. The whole thing,
1: (laughs) I love it so much. And then you have the I mentioned Slither earlier. (laughs) <laughs> Which is one of those beings where it's uh, all connected. it's not a separate entity. And they do the same thing here where when the mind. starro screams, hivemind mind, where starro screams, everybody that's infected is screaming too. I like that
3: mm-hmm.
1: And then I like that we all knew where the end of Starro's eye was gonna go, like the second. Yeah, I thought that, that was
3: great. The one problem I had with Starro is what was its mission? So when he they just showed... wanted
1: a villa
2: on the beach
4: Okay, so, I mean he was well, captive
3: for what?
2: Thirty years. Yeah, and when when he dies, he makes that comment like, "I was happy in space, that, floating, looking at the stars." There we go. Yeah, all right. That was, was that was like gut wretched. It, it makes you feel like the astronauts like captured him and well, they're big dicks. Yeah, like that. I mean that when that line was
1: said, I was like, "God damn!" Like, remember, we're just
2: talking about how poor with humans. Starro is a DC villain also, and we're looking at a team of villains that are coming after him. So mm-hmm. I guess they they added a little humanism. To all of them, with that, yeah. Which I, I thought that was a great line, just to kind of add in there, like just fuck you
1: guys, like just a little jab. But I was totally content with looking at the stars. Like, you guys brought me here. You did this. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, that was a, that was a solid add-in. Still want to know what the, the one guy did when the Staro said they he had his way with me? <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, I actually don't.
2: Uh... So, so as
3: much as I like I like Starro I will say, you know we've talked about a lot of great things in the film uh one of the one of the roles i will say that i you know and i can hit on a couple more that i I think knocked it out of the park but the thinker what did you guys think of the thinker
2: pretty ineffectual
3: ineffectual when
2: they kidnapped him in the bar they're kidnapping him even as soldiers are coming in looking for them he never says one moment like hey they're kidnapping me Mm-hmm. And he had so many opportunities to do that. It's like he wanted to go with him because it was in the script.
4: Yeah, or it, or, or was it that he wanted to go with him to show like what he's done, what he's created. Well and, and I think that, like that, okay okay, that's a that. that's
3: a that's a good train of reasoning and I like it because I'm I'm with you. But I kinda feel like the thinker should have been like, Hey, if I go with these guys, maybe they'll set it free kinda mentality But they never angle towards that whatsoever. They, I think it was more just like I've been building this for 30 years. I want people
4: to see it. Yeah. It, but then once it was released, he's like, "Oh shit, what
3: have I done?" Yeah, and then he just gets ripped in half. And I, that's I what mean, I don't like know, It's just like me like, spitballing. No, I like that idea. And if I were going to do this and shoot that scene like right before he gets, you know, spoilers, ripped apart, he'd have been like, "Yes, my child, you're free." And then boom, you know, then yeah. it's kind of like worth it. There's a payoff there. Or a reasoning why they just never gave that, and I felt like the thinker was weak as hell because of that. Yeah, I think I think
1: they missed. It's a misstep. Uh, a missed on him, yeah, because his monologue in Jotunheim could have led to, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, and maybe if they had found the drive a little bit earlier, and Cena had pretty much been like, oh, we're going to take this, and either he had wiped him out to keep his information from you know, spilling out into the world or him turning, you know, like an Operation Paperclip scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had that huge monologue about how all these experiments and you had all these people that were kept alive, like cut in half and all this shit and then they just cut that thread real quick.
3: It, that's what I mean. It, the threads were cut and yep. I, know, I know that you have to cut those to progress the storyline, specifically Act 3, but you might need those lines later on. You know what I mean? I'm not. I don't want to compare to a Marvel film, but like those are the kind of things where a Marvel film would have been like, "Hey, we'll 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 throw a little extra here to pay it off." You know, six films from now, and and I think that's a, a misstep. For well, DC. which
1: we know DC doesn't have that kind of foresight. True. They, they've true. got about an hour worth of foresight.
3: Yeah. Well,
2: you remember the Thinker claimed. Yeah. The... Go ahead. Yes.
0: So, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you guys somewhat on the motivations of the thinker I, the impression I got from his character was that he was just following the path of least resistance in every situation and he was just going to try to survive by not fighting because he wasn't a fighter at all so because if, if you think back he was working for the prior government oh, yeah. and then there was a coup and he immediately was just like, you know, no loyalty to the old group. Just, I keep doing what I'm doing. Hey, you know, here's what you can do using my knowledge, but I'm indispensable, so don't kill me. Well, yeah. And then in the situation where he's in the bar, oh, yeah. he, he, he's not going to call out because that just raises the chances that he gets killed in a crossfire, right? Well. So he's just going to cooperate and go with them and hope that he can, you know, talk his way out of it. Well,
2: he implied that he could control Starro when he was talking to the president and the general earlier in the movie. And then I was, I was expecting when they got down there with Staro that he had a plan on how he Same. was going to take control of the situation. Uh. But you're right, it never happened Or
3: it becomes, you know, if Staro was just happy being in space, but yet we've got this mastermind controlling it to destroy the city. That's another, like, plot forward idea. Make it a
2: weapon. Yeah, it, I bet there's some deleted footage from around that. That could be why it feels like a gap.
3: Uh, yeah, and I do that's the thing is I just feel like it's a gap at this point
2: we'll have the Snyder cut soon
1: yeah <laughs> I, I don't know I don't think he ever had the opportunity to enact the control he had because he was being watched over the entire time uh, yeah but I, mean, I do that, want to throw out I was I was laughing when they were going into Jotunheim,
0: and um uh, what's the name John Cena's character was smashing his yeah, face yeah ramming
3: his face into, into yeah. the, the
0: yeah, which which
1: had to be counterproductive. <laughs> which I remember that scene. Adam was like, "God damn!" Like, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit of overkill for this guy that you need to get into this building. Well,
3: and that and my brain is saying like based on previous conversations with the previous El Presidente, and he's like. I can control him. I've been working with him for thirty years, and then yeah, John Cena just rams <laughs> his face into a retina scan, and it's like we might oh, need that oh, guy yeah, later. Need that. Like man, that's not good. It, what was great is that he did
0: it twice, and it was like he was surprised that it didn't work for the first time. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> so we hit him harder. <laughs>
0: so one
4: hundred percent sure. Well, yeah.
2: it's right after that though that we learned that he has some extra orders from Waller, so maybe he already had reason. He maybe he already had the information that he hated the thinker a little bit more than everybody else did. True, yeah, that's true. true. I'll give yeah. you that.
3: I'll give you that. Yeah. That's a that's a you you figure that out upon rewatch kind of stuff, and maybe I need to go back and watch some of it for, for you know, more in depth detail or something. But. speaking of
1: rewatch, in the strip club, uh, the girl that plays the Mantis in Gardens of the Galaxy is one of the lead strippers in there. We mentioned that we saw her. Um, I wonder if there's more I mean, there, there have to be It's a gun film So there have to be more, Way more Easter eggs he, he loves hiding stuff in
3: there Yeah, there have to be Way more Easter eggs Yeah, I'm sure
0: I, I did see I did see one, one I didn't catch it But I, I read about it um, and Rob, you'll appreciate this Apparently one of the patrons In that bar Is Lloyd
1: Kaufman Oh, goddamn! <laughs> Night of the Chicken yeah. Dead What? <laughs> Where was he?
0: I, he was just one of the People in the bar I, Again, I, I didn't see him I didn't read about it Until later well, like the Rat Girl's uh, dad so is...
4: Uh,
1: Tequititi? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to watch... I'm going to have to go look for Lloyd Kaufman since we had our <laughs> our Lloyd Kaufman night. Yes, yes. For those yes, listening, we, we have not posted that one because that was our first episode and it is garbage. It's garbage that you might eat. Uh... <laughs>
0: Release the garbage cut. Yeah, release gonna, the garbage cut. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> <Get fried> garbage. <laughs> it was good garbage, you
1: know. It's only been left out for a day with no rain. Yeah. What? What else? What are, what are you thinking?
3: So, so there's two things I want to mention here. Like I just kind of like crapped on the thinker for a minute, but there are two roles in this other than Harley that I want to kind of call out for being outstanding, and one is Viola Davis as Amanda Waller again. Stone cold in every scene.
1: Lemon mouth she, bitch.
3: Yeah, she plays it so straight. Uh, such such an asshole. Um, she never
4: putting. She needs to work on the putting Yeah,
3: it reminds me of like you remember like Roz from Night Court. I know that's a that's a deep cut, but she was <laughs> yeah. just kind of like droll yeah, and yeah. kind of an asshole. Yeah, like it reminded me of that. And then uh, the voice from uh, the radio DJ from like the Warriors, uh, the oh. old film. It had like it resonated a little bit of that with me, where it was just like, she was always on a communicator, yeah. like go do this, go do that, just just super hardcore. But there were very few scenes where she broke character at and, all, yeah, and,
1: except for the very end.
3: Yeah, in, in the very end, yeah, she obviously freaks out because everything's going to shit. Yeah. But um, even when Idris Elba's character like gets that pencil like right up to her throat, she's still looking him dead in the face, blink. threatening his ass. Yeah. Uh, which I think is fantastic which I, I I felt like she did an amazing job which by the way if you guys have watched the original Suicide Squad film she's just as badass in that movie yeah. she's one yeah. of the few people that made both movies I mean she's just a
4: phenomenal actor yeah. altogether. together I yeah, mean absolutely. everything she's been in has been like she does a great job
1: which I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought that up because one thing they did do in this is all of her supporting staff realized at the end like oh, you're going to let this entire island be destroyed by this creature, and they stop her. Mm -hmm. And they kind of turn it on its head again, knock her out with her putter, and then they help the Suicide Squad take down Starro. So I like that they had another twist in it that wasn't another one that you wouldn't expect because there were like four twists that, I don't know if twist is the word, but shifts maybe. Mm -hmm. So I really like that, yeah.
3: Yeah. Another, another role I'd like to call out is Andrew Zelba in this. Um, man, you talk about running the gamut from funny to action mm. to sad to creeped out. One of the first scenes with him, you know, he's, he's scraping gum off a prison room floor, mm. getting trash talked to him.
4: By Pete Davidson.
3: Then he gets threatened by Waller. The- yeah, by Pete Davidson. Then he gets threatened by Waller, and then he goes immediately to that phone call with his daughter which starts out as this, like, really kind of funny... Uh, I can't believe you got caught for stealing a, a TV watch, and, and they're, you know, <laughs> yelling at each other. It's kind of funny. And then it erupts into a lot of fuck yous, like, on mm-hmm. both sides, which is not something we're used to seeing from uh, Elba at all. And especially in, like, a high tense, uh, high-intensity, like, emotional moment with a daughter and then she immediately brings the mom into the situation and and that entire conversation flips into a very very emotional serious thing. So the you know, the writers on that did an amazing job. The director did an amazing job and it couldn't be done without the actors and I mean they nailed that scene. It went from funny as hell to like, oh man, we're not laughing now. And that's the way a lot of his pieces were. Later in the film, you know, Robin mentioned yeah. earlier his his like banter back and forth with John Cena's character when they're talking about basically killing everything and everyone up to when he's talking to Waller up to when he's talking to Ratcatcher two and having this personal moments with her on the bus when he even tells her you remind me of my daughter down to the little scene like you said earlier Shay when Harley like gets out like rescues herself. And then she gets in the cab and she looks in front of the cab and you see Bloodsport like do, 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 his his <laughs> run in that moment. <laughs> he's like got a wife beater on and his helmet. It looks goofy as hell. And then there's the scene where right after that, you know, he's about to scale the wall. He's like three steps up and she's like, Hey, what are you guys doing? And it's just how to go from all these ranges, I feel like this was like a really, really good role for him. No. And I think he needed it, and I think he's going to get more from this.
4: So one thing I want to, like, comment on is not, like, I agree with everything you're saying, but more on the actual I just Elba side of it, because mm-hmm. originally they wanted him to play Deadshot. Uh, they wanted to take him over, like, Will Smith's role. Yep. And he, as, like, an actor and, I don't know, as a friend, I don't know if he knows Will Smith or what, but he absolutely refused. He's like, that is Will Smith's role. If you want him cast, he's in, he's in the movie. I will not take over his role, but I think that's just more to him as a human, as a well. And also,
1: I mean, in in this in the the same vein of what we're talking about, it's the same character. It is. And
4: but if, the fact for him to say, you know what, I'm not taking his role.
1: Yeah, and I and I I, I get exactly what you're saying. Um, but he took that character and made it. Bloodsport is his own. Like hmm? you, after watching this, you're not going to confuse Bloodsport okay. and Deadshot anymore. No, not anymore. Like you know. Okay. Where they stand. Even though they did at the very end the daughter scene, oh, that's my dad saving the world or whatever. Like they have the same moments mm-hmm. but it's done so differently mm-hmm.
4: that they have their own their, their own gravity. They're not they're not gonna be I just wanna commend anyone that says, you know what, I'm not gonna take that role. He did it. Like I say that every day. Like
1: Terminator <laughs> Nine, they were like, Rob, we want you and I was like, Nah, that's 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 Arnold's role, man.
3: I would say take the role because anything Will Smith in is in is a hard hard pass for <laughs> I can't stand that deal alright if they rebooted Fresh Prince of Bel-Air I'm in <laughs> but you give me a role when he's gotta be serious or anything I'm out alright so uh,
0: I just wanted to chime in just because you mentioned the they're the same character thing I thought it was great how when uh, Iterisilda jumps in his character's first meet and Interzolvo immediately calls out the fact that they are the exact same Mm -hmm. villain, basically. And when they're sniping back and forth at each other, the comment is made you know, he's talking about, well, you know, I could shoot better than you, I'm more accurate. And John Cena says, well, I'll, you know, I'll use a smaller bullet and it'll go in the middle of your bullet hole. Yeah. And I loved how that came all the way back to the end of the movie. Like, what do you guys mention the small bullets? Yeah. his bullet actually going through the middle. It literally goes through his bullet. Um, yeah, uh, of you know, Cena's, you know, the opposite of what they were talking about. Yeah, hitting
2: with the throat. When I heard Cena deliver that line about smaller bullets, I was afraid he was going to play the whole thing as Drax from Guardians. <laughs> it was it was total Drax vibes off that the way he delivered it.
1: Which one thing I did read, uh, I was I was not reading as I was trying to stay away from spoilers. But they were talking oh, about Cena as I, see. I'm unlike you. I like. I want to see it like for the first time. I want I want it to be the first time. Uh, baby the first time. Um, but I was reading about Cena doing this role, oh, and they they fun. were making so in the in the comic, Peacekeeper's helmet is like huge and gaudy. And have you seen it? It's just like insane. It, it looks like Galactus's helmet. It's just, it's just massive and stupid. And they kept remaking it for Cena. And they're like, well, how do we make this different? And they ended up making it mirror reflective and everything else. And the costume department was like, there's no way he's going to... And they gave it to him. He was like, I love it. And he wouldn't take it off. So, like, the <laughs> scenes where he's wearing it, he wasn't supposed to wear it for, like, half of those scenes. Yeah. And he just kept putting it back on. They're like, all right, well, let's just let him go. I mean, because most actors don't want to obscure their face yeah. because they want to be seen on camera.
4: I don't know who brought it up up during this movie in the middle when we were watching it, but someone said, like, literally, you know, you think about Iron, Ma- like Iron Man, like, half the time his mask is off. Act 3, you never get yeah. the helmet. Right, yeah. Right. You never get right, the right. helmet. But Cena was wearing it, literally, yep. the entire time. Like,
1: Captain America, it's off, like, after it's Act off. 1. Yeah. Like, even when Iron Man's in it, you have the face cam, so yeah. it's, it's the Robert Downey right. Jr.'s face. Like, they're very... Well, we want our face on camera. And Cena did the exact opposite. <laughs> which, it was a very Tom Hardy thing to do. Like, the Bane mask and shit. Like, mm-hmm. I yeah. love the fact that he was just totally game for doing whatever what, they What asked. wrestler like, doesn't love a good mask? Well, right. <laughs> Mysterio! <laughs> which is kind of funny, because John Cena, Cena doesn't, doesn't wear a mask. <laughs>
0: Apparently, John Cena was instructed to...
1: Basically, play a douchebag Captain America. <laughs> well, he, he did a really good job. Then. He nailed it. I would suck every dick on that island for peace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, think that was in the movie. Oh no, that was that, that was definitely the movie. It was. <laughs> yeah, I I stand yeah, by him though. It was there. <laughs> All right, uh, well, this is a long one. Anybody else have anything we've missed? David, I'm going to ask you first since I can't look at your face and just judge what you're thinking.
0: Uh, we've, we've covered a lot. I think we've hit all the high points.
1: James? No, oh, that's it. Shay?
4: I enjoyed the movie. It was
3: fun. Winger? I mean, it's a good movie.
1: I like it. I don't even think we need to do the duca, but let's go ahead and do it. To the duca scale, <laughs> it's a delicious drink with a lot of vodka and a little bit of Mountain Dew. James, how many of those would it take you to drink to watch this
2: movie again? Um, I, one, because I would watch it without it. Indeed.
4: Shay?
3: I concur. One. Winger? I would say no Dukas, but any Duka is a good Duka.
1: It, oh. You're here.
3: Goddamn. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, David? Uh, you know, I'm going to
0: um, say maybe a half a Duka. I'm going to
1: half. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of hypocrisy... <laughs> Where will that other half Duca go? Yeah. It's not
0: going to take much to get me to watch a movie again that features a giant starfish as the villain.
4: (laughs) Well, I'm going to make a Duca right now. There you go.
1: I'm going to... I'll say none because I want to look for more little hidden tidbits Easter eggs in this movie because I know there's a bunch that we missed and I'm probably going to go online tonight and look at the little things that were there that we just totally... I'm also going to go research some of these... Villains. I don't know if they're all real or not. The De- I don't, I've never heard of the detachable kid.
2: So I don't know if that's real or they just made it up for Villain. I, it has to be real. I'm just sure of it. <laughs> that's, that's so classic DC villains. There were so many villains they just made up to fight. Yeah. It
3: sounds like a flash rogues gallery kind of guy. I, I can see that. Maybe, I mean? Yeah.
1: David, before we sign off here, anything else?
3: Nope. That's all from me. All
1: right. Well, thanks for listening to Talking With Words. Um, fuck i don't know what to say now (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, like
3: subscribe and uh, everything else oh wait that's youtube
1: (laughs) let me try that again thanks for listening to talking with words uh we're gonna be back with more movies that we like to watch and talk about with words saturns for suckers 2 will be out you can catch saturns for suckers 1 and 2 Audible soon winger how's that how's that cover coming
3: Cover's coming good, inking in the process, then we've got colors, then we got layout, and then we will be ready to publish, my friend. All right,
1: you heard it here. Saturn 2 is almost
2: done. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Are we recording?